Good Monday morning, everyone. Welcome to the Fisher of Men podcast, part of Foundations in Christ. Um, I am Eric Strout, and I'm going to jump right into this because I am a little worked up today. <laughs> I put out a post last week on Facebook where I was expounding on my disappointment in our country over the panic of the coronavirus. In my lifetime, I am 52 years old. I have never seen anything like this. Uh, I don't think most of us have. I would guess that maybe the older generation may have had some uh, restrictive things like this during World War II. Sadly, we're losing most of those of that generation. But, you know, I find it amazing the level of panic uh, from grocery stores to, you know, we, we closed our schools. Uh, I made a, a mention in my post about people taking toilet paper. Of all the things, we're going to have a panic. Of all things that Americans run to, it's to get toilet paper. I'm fascinated by that. And actually, yesterday, I went to the grocery store. <laughs> I had to see it for myself. I went to the paper aisle, and there's nothing. It's all gone, everything. And uh, I'm fascinated by that. There was lots of uh, ground meat, lots of chicken, lots of milk, eggs, bread, no toilet paper. <laughs> so our country is turning into something I don't recognize anymore. I found it odd that in our town here, we, we have canceled school. We have put baseball. Our little league uh, is on suspension right now. But yet we had a parade in downtown Tyrone the other day. A parade. So in the post, I uh, sort of expanded on the fact that I was really upset and disappointed with where we are. And then... I got into the judgment of God. And that's where things went off the rails. I wrote about the wrath of abandonment. It's not the first time that God has abandoned a nation. He's abandoned Israel several times. But what it is, is when God turns his back on a society. It is laid out clearly in the Bible. Basically, sin becomes rampant in the society, and God just turns his back. Now, the result of me laying out some of the signs of this type of wrath, which I'll just stress again, is clearly laid out, and I'm going to show that to you. I've received so much 
mail, messages, emails. I have, uh, in, in one case, I've got a friend that I've been friends with for probably 15 years, maybe 20 years. The guy has stayed at my house. We've gone fishing together. We've been in business relationships together. Basically wrote me a note and said, you're over the top. He said, I'm glad you and your wife are back together now, but you know what? This is too much. And he's out. Unfriend me. I've had other people that have unfriended me. And we expect this to some degree. But I think what it really shows is a failure of the church in America today. Because I think it is very clear that people do not recognize the other side of God. What do I mean by that? It's real easy to go to a church and preach about the love of Jesus and the salvation and the peace and the mercy and the gentleness. That's an easy message. And that's also a message that everybody wants to hear. That's easy. What about sin? How many churches that you go into talk about sin and the evil one, temptation, demons, wrath, judgment, judgment? Fear of the Lord is the first sign of wisdom. When we fail to tell the whole story of who God is, we miss the holiness and righteousness of God. Think back. For those of you who are familiar with the Bible, and if you're not, get familiar with it. Moses wanted to see the face of God. What, what did God tell him? If you look at my face, you will die on the spot. Die. If you see my face, you will die. In the Old Testament, the only way to cover sin was through blood. The penalty of sin is death, right? The penalty of sin is death. The only way to cover sin was through the sacrifice of an animal where you took the blood and it better be your best animal. You don't want to sacrifice the second best because the holy and righteous God deserves the best you can give him. And it, this, the penalty for sin was blood. And it required your best blood. God is so righteous that when he sent his son, he put his entire wrath and hatred of sin on his son. Because all sin must be punished. And Christ bore that wrath for us.
So if you really want to know about the mercy and the love of God, it is evidenced every day in the fact that you are upright and breathing. Because if we got what we deserved, we would all be in hell at this very moment. The mercy and love of God is what allows us to continue to try to please him without him just striking us down. I want to give you a couple illustrations of this real quick before I get into my main point. But I'm doing a Bible study tomorrow um, here at Foundations in Christ. And the story I'm using is that of the rich young ruler that approached Jesus. And I find this fascinating. As he was setting out on a journey, that's Jesus, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. The first thing that guy didn't understand is we are not good. We are not good. Go into Romans. Eight seventeen, And I think what a lot of the comments that I got back on this post are just evidence of what I'm, what I'm sharing with you right now. Romans uh, chapter 8, 6, and 7 here. Let's see. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace because the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God. In our natural state, we are hostile towards God. Go back a few lines in this. And go to um, chapter 7, verse 21. I find then the principle, this is the guy, by the way, that wrote a third of the New Testament. This is Paul speaking. He wrote a third of the New Testament. I find then that the principle of evil is present in me. The one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law in my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. Wretched man that I am. Wretched man. A guy that wrote a third of the New Testament of the Word of God. And he said, I can't control the fact that I am, I am sin. So what is my point here? Where am I going with this? Where I'm going is that we are all wrong. Right from the get-go, we are all sinful. And it's important to understand that the sin of, let me give you an example, the sin, you lie when you go to work. You, you tell a lie about something. 
It's no different than if when you go to work, you're sleeping with the boss's wife. They are equal. They are transgressions against God. They are the same. Our thoughts are sinful. The things that we think about. Now, here's where we run into the problem. When we have people that have no knowledge of God, of sin, of grace, and we point out the fact that what they're doing is not right, we appear to be judgmental. And thus, divisions start to happen. To be clear, all sexual sin is wrong. All of it. I can't tell you how many messages I got that said, Eric, take a breath, dude. It's okay to be gay. Uh, no, it's not. Not according to this book. It's also not okay to be promiscuous. It's also not okay to be living with someone outside of marriage. It's also not okay to watch porn. None of those things are okay. Where we run into the problem with the homosexual community is that they clearly don't think that they're doing something wrong because it's already in them. They feel it in them. They are a different person than the vast majority of society. And so they didn't make, they feel like they didn't make a conscious decision to go that route. And so it cannot be wrong. What I'm illustrating to you today is that sin is in us. We all have the inner sin. So some of us have an inner desire for greed. Some of us are deceptors. Some of us are thieves inside. You, you, you want to covet everything. Some of us are gay. It's all the same. It's all in opposition to God. Not one is worse than another. And so pointing it out is simply sharing the knowledge of God. That's all it is. It's not a judgment. I want to read to you so that you understand that homosexuality has been around since the beginning of, of time. It began in Genesis. And I'm sure that there's places where um, you could find this probably prior to where I'm reading. But if you go into Genesis 19, this is the first book in the Bible. In fact, Genesis 13 says all men are wicked. But go to Genesis 19. The story 
is the doom of Sodom. Everyone's heard of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Sodom was destroyed for this very reason. It became a homosexual society, a sexually deviant society. But what occurred here was Lot, who is a character of the Bible, was in Sodom, and two angels that appeared as men came to his house. And I'm just saving you some reading here. They came into, a, into Lot's house, and the men of Sodom surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men that came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we may have relations with them. But Lot went out to them at the doorway and shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not had relations with man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you do with them whatever you like. Only do nothing to these men. But they said, stand aside. Furthermore, they said, this is one who came in as an alien, and already he is acting like a judge. They're talking about Lot. So they wanted these men. So I'm going to get in now, and I'll end here with the basis for what I wrote in my post about the wrath of abandonment. This is extremely clear in the Bible. And I am in Romans chapter 1, first chapter of Romans. Everybody knows the story of Rome. Rome was extremely corrupt. It was perverse sexually. This is a letter from Paul to the Roman church. Chapter 1, very beginning. Verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over to the lusts of their hearts, to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they ex exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, also the men abandoned the natural function of, of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men, committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their heir. Think about that. Receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their act, of their heir. Continuing. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. 
They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they, they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. They give approval to the rest of the people that do that. Do you want to know what a depraved mind is? Look up the word depraved. It's not knowing reality. When you're a male and you think you're a female or the other way around, that's a depraved mind. I want you to understand that our society is the first society, the first civilized society to normalize this since the Roman Empire. So I'm going to end with this. We are not in judgment of these people, of this type of sin. We're not in judgment. We're all sinners. I think I clearly pointed that out. We are all in the same boat. This is just one type of sin that people don't recognize as sin because it's in them. Because they feel it's natural to them, they don't recognize it as being wrong towards God. So the very next chapter, after this was written, chapter 2 in Romans, therefore you have no excuse. Every one of you who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. <coughs> Excuse me. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But suppose, but do you suppose this, O oh man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? I'm going to read that again, and I want you to, I'm going to end this with that. When you pass judgment on those who practice such things and you do the same yourself, that's not saying the same exact sin, you sin yourself. Do you think that you'll escape the judgment of God? Absolutely not. We are all sinners. But we must have knowledge of what sin is. And if we are to grow the kingdom, as we are called to do, the first step is making people realize what is sin and what isn't. God bless you all. Share this. Stay tuned to our Foundations in Christ page this week. Um, lots going on. I'm sure there's going to be lots of pertinent information coming out uh, with the, the whole virus scare and everything else. So stay tuned to us. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.